I'm Jacqueline Martinez, and this is Being at Work. Today, I am here to flip the script and interview your host, Andrea Butcher, in celebration of the podcast's one-year anniversary. As an avid listener of the Being at Work podcast and having worked so closely with Andrea, I thought you would benefit greatly from hearing her takeaways from her conversations with so many amazing leaders over the past year, and also dive in and get a glimpse into her inspiring story and pivotal moment as well. Andrea is the president of HRD Advisory Group and has an incredible passion for coming alongside leaders to help them maximize the performance of their teams. It's obvious from listening to her on the podcast that Andrea has the ability to quickly connect with others. During this special anniversary edition from Being at Work, listen in as we hear from Andrea herself on what she has learned listening to these fascinating leadership stories. Andrea, I'm so excited to be here with you on the Being at Work podcast. Can you believe it's been a year? No, no. And I feel so fortunate. I just, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude at the opportunity to have heard over 50 stories from executives and CEOs on their pivotal moments and how they led through big challenges we can all relate to. From the outside looking in, it has been incredible to be able to hear these stories. But from your perspective, I know we are very interested into what you've taken away from hearing all of these amazing stories. Yeah. And as I've had the opportunity to reflect over the last few weeks, just knowing that we were coming up on the one-year anniversary, I've gone back through all my notes. So I have this process where just like you introed me, I spend some time like getting to know and really thinking about the guests beforehand because I'm so grateful that they're taking their time and I want to really lift them up through the process. So I research them. I have an intro call with them you know, talking about their potential pivotal moment that they want to talk about on the show. And then I create a bunch of notes and I've kept those over the years. So I have this big, I have this big folder full of all these notes. I'm trying to go paperless, Jacqueline, but you know, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. But it was really fun over the last couple of weeks to look back through all these notes, like to hold them in my hand and to reflect on all these incredible conversations that I've had. And it's interesting because there are three really clear themes that have emerged through these pivotal moments. Awesome. So let's go ahead and dive into your first theme. Yeah. If you've listened to this show, you've heard step into the hard situation, step into the challenge. Almost this question around why not has come up over and over and over from these leaders, given the opportunity they stepped into it. A couple of highlights that really jump out to me is uh, Bridget Boyle, the head of HR for Roche Diagnostics. She talked about having to let go of the rope she was hanging on to in order to grab the rope in front of her. But when she did that, there were opportunities all over the place. My, my dear friend, JJ Barnes at Invista is another good example of that. She talked about owning the space where you belong, like being empowered to lead, giving yourself permission to step into it because nobody else is going to do that. Leadership isn't about position or title. It's about influence and you having the courage to step in. A very recent episode, Kate Maxwell with Raytheon Technologies, she talked about leaders raise themselves to the hard moment. So isn't it interesting that we ask these leaders to share their pivotal moments and over and over and over, there's this theme of 
having the courage to step in to the challenge, having the courage to, to, to go for it, because why not? Completely. It's very growth minded and definitely a quality of a leader, as you would know. Yeah. Another one, Patty Hatter in her episode uh, several months ago was one of our early episodes, but she even talked about this question of like, what's the worst that could happen? Because she has such a belief that she'll figure it out. So I I love that. That goes to the the leadership courage that we talked about. Okay. So that's theme number one. You probably want to know what theme number two is. Please. (laughs) I'm curious as a listener, if you've heard this theme as well, this, this theme of staying close to your vision. Over and over, leaders have talked about how important it is to reflect on your why continually, to push yourself out of your comfort zone and focus on the future and really force yourself to think about naming it. I loved the Chris Byers episode. Chris Byers is the CEO of Formstack. And he, he talked about, you know, as a technical leader, being a very practical, pragmatic kind of a guy. But he said he's really had to force himself to, de- to develop visionary muscles and He says that vision is merely stating what the future looks like, and all leaders can do that. Let's not overcomplicate it. But the root of the word lead is to guide, to go. And so inherent in that is naming the future and having the courage to put a stake in the ground and say, here's what we want to see in five to 10 years. Yeah. And you said it, you said the courage, really having vision is having courage because you have the openness and ability to be brave and ask for something that may or may not happen and being okay when it doesn't turn out as you thought. Right. That may or may not happen. And that's not the reason that you're setting the vision. You're setting the vision to provide direction. Well, you know, it's almost like whether or not it comes to be, because there is no finish line, right? We're always evolving. We're always growing. Mike Reynolds, I don't know if you know Mike Reynolds, that guy has so much energy, but in his recent episode, his words were, the vision is everything. And he talked about how you're going to get your ass kicked if you're in the arena and you're doing anything that has any challenge at all. It's going to be really hard, but the vision is the thing that keeps you going. It was really inspiring to hear him talk about how he's used the vision to to move him and his organization forward. And his episode was also, even though it was very visionary, very practical as well. Well, and that's the key, right? I think practicality comes from having a clear vision because then you've got something to step into. You've got something to move towards, right? So it, it allows for practicality. Theme number three. Are you ready? I'm ready. You won't be surprised. It's kind of like, as I'm looking at these themes now, it's kind of like, well, yeah, that's just good leadership. So of course they came out of pivotal moments. There's this theme over and over about leading with care and focusing on the relationships, focusing on people over results. I mean, time after time, we've heard that from leaders. Phil Daniels, who's such a good example of that, he's one of the co-founders at Springbuck, and Phil and Rod at Springbuck certainly model that. They have a humans first attitude. And Phil talks about in his episode how over and over they're they're focused on winning together and celebrating together, that it's not about one person's celebration, it's all of them as a team. And how through that focus around care on the relationship, they've been really successful. Karen Alter at Borshoff, I mean, Borshoff, you know, marketing firm here in Indianapolis that has such a strong reputation for relationships with their customers. Well, that's modeled internally. You know, she she talked about a pivotal moment in her career when she was diagnosed with cancer. And 
part of what got her through that was the relationships that she had with her team members that provided so much comfort and confidence to her to be able to step away and continue to do what she needed to do for her for herself while she continued to lead in the business. So the importance of relationships, not surprising. It was really good to hear these leaders talk about that. Well, Andrea, those themes are no doubt, I mean, again, coming from the outside, very focused themes of the podcast from an outsider perspective, but also how I see you leading on a daily hourly basis. I'm so thankful to be under your leadership and to be able to see you again from the outside. And listening to all these pivotal moments for us on the listener side has been very inspiring and helped us to shape how we choose to lead in our lives. But I myself am very curious, and I'm sure others are as well, Andrea, on what your leadership pivotal moment has been in your career. So knowing you were going to ask me that question, Jacqueline, I've been reflecting a lot on that. And you know, there are like a lot of these leaders I've talked to, there have been several moments that have stood out. But but I think that the one that stood stood out the most to me was probably the hardest thing I've done in my career. And that was when I resigned from an organization I had been a part of for nine years. I had been at Flashpoint, a leadership development consulting firm for nine years and was at the top of my game, you know, loved the work that I was doing, had such close relationships and tremendous respect for the owners of that business who were just phenomenal people. And I chose to leave. And it was the hardest thing I've done. Uh, and, and, and even today, you know, I'm, I'm still not quite done processing it. I think when you have back big challenges like that, you always continue to peel back the layers. There's still learning I have to do about that. And because the, the decision I made was really one to expand and to advance my career. I, you know, had been doing consulting through Flashpoint with a variety of organizations for, for nine years, like I said, and really settled into my love and my passion for leadership development and executive coaching and was doing a lot of that work. But I found myself not wanting to finish the engagements. I wanted to see how they played out. I wanted to see how the results really took hold in the culture and the organization and how they evolved. And it it was almost like I didn't want to check the box and say, okay, we're done. (laughs) I remember so there was a pivotal moment. I remember even remember the day because I, I journal a lot and I have a journal entry on June 4th of 2014. I was on a flight home from a large client in Monroe, Louisiana, and I'd been doing a lot of leadership development with their executive team and I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I wanted to roam the hallways the next day and to connect with those leaders and go deeper and say, how are you doing? And really what's going on here and really push the envelope in ways that I didn't feel like I was able to as a consultant. So on the flight home, I did what I've done a lot in my career. When I felt those big tension points, I took a step back and I reaffirmed, okay, what are my values? What's my long-term vision? What's the work that I want to be doing in 10 years? What do I stand for? And so I just started making a list based on that of what really I wanted to be doing right now. And so I started to craft this vision of of leading leadership development in some capacity in a larger organization. 
I had prior to Flashpoint, I had worked as a manager in a global firm and done a lot of global leadership development, but never at the executive level. And so I wanted to lead at that level and work with the board and have some new expanded experiences, continuing to build the leadership capability in organizations. So Jacqueline, that was June the 4th that I wrote that down. You know how you put things out there and opportunities emerge. The very next day, I got a call about a VP of talent development position for a national security company and was a bit blown away by that because it so quickly came to me after really taking a step back. And I explored that for a bit. And the leader who was leading that recruiting effort is probably the best salesperson I've ever met because I don't know that I would have moved so quickly because of how much I loved Flashpoint and the work I was doing and my clients. But um, I decided after a few weeks of conversation with them, I decided to, to exit the organization, which was so hard. Wow. Wow. You, I mean, completely. And as a leader, you know, leading from your values will ultimately get you in a place where you're facing these sometimes challenges, but usually they're opportunities that are both scary and exciting. Isn't that true? And and I think there's something to that. Like if it's not a little scary, it's probably not worth <laughs> worth moving into because that's where growth happens, as we know for certain. Exactly. Exactly. And if it's not scary, then it's it's not out of your comfort zone. If it's not exciting, then maybe it's just not something that is going to light you up. So that's where your vision and you listening to your intuition and gut really came in, which I, I know just from knowing you is a, is a theme of your leadership and how you go about being such a courageous leader in your life. Well, thank you for that. But you know, the story continues to unfold, doesn't it? Because I'm, I'm still not, as I mentioned earlier, and I think this is part of why it's a pivotal moment, I'm still processing that move for myself. Because in, in hindsight, like it, it was a tough move that came with all kinds of great learnings and the relationships I established. So I was with that security company for three years and built some really strong relationships, saw incredible leadership, but saw some really poor examples of leadership. Uh, and one, one of my big takeaways from that experience is just we were talking about this theme earlier of, of really nurturing relationships and not just leading by results. And it was, a, it was an incredible results demanding organization that espoused to have a people focus. But at the end of the day, the results came first. And it was so apparent in how a lot of the senior leaders led there. And so that was really a struggle for me because we espoused one set of values, but the values in action didn't quite play out that way. And so I lost, I lost some credibility with some leaders in the organization because of that, lost some trust with those leaders. I mean, and, and that's a theme that we do experience and see from time to time. And it's, I think that's a really important realization for you to have and even be able to unpack and, and vocalize now, because it's something that you can help bring into others' awareness, whether they're in a company facing that or not, because you've experienced it. Yeah, exactly. And it's so real, isn't it? There's this exercise that I've done with leaders in leadership development where I ask them to just think back through your career and identify the peaks in the valleys, like go way back, like even to high school, college and the peaks in the valleys. And, you know, while, while I would consider most of that 
experience within that organization to be a valley kind of an experience, I have no regrets around it. I'm so grateful for that opportunity because of, like you said, because of the growth. And remember the the theme number two that we talked about earlier about staying connected to your why or staying connected to your vision. I did that. I mean, that's ultimately why I, why I left the organization. But you know, with within that, there's this opportunity to really bloom where you are if you're focused on like what are the opportunities here, what am I learning here, where am I growing here. Because, you know, there, there are a lot of when, when you're in a toxic environment like that, it's easy to focus on the toxicity, isn't it? And it's easy to become a victim. It's easy to be, you know, self-pity and poor me. And I certainly fell into lots of those traps. I mean, you, you, my husband will tell you I came home a many evening with a story or two. But, but I recognized that for the most part through the experience and really tried to come back to, okay, why am I here? What is my vision? What is my purpose? Ultimately, like what are the values that I can bring to this organization? And so I attribute those relationships that I have from that organization today to that because I did have good impact and I learned so much through the process as well. That's incredible. And you're right. Having radical ownership is one, true leadership, and two, the really the most powerful place to be. Well, and then theme number three, like to conclude that story, theme number one, I mean, I'm going to go back to the third theme that we talked about, which was the first one around why not step into the opportunity. So when I look back on my career, Jacqueline, you know that I spend so much time thinking about the future, right? I'm very future oriented. I love to vision. I love to dream. Every week I look at my 10-year plan and I think about that and I reflect on that and So a lot of my life has been driven by thinking about what I want and thinking about the future. I very much believe in the law of attraction. What you think about, you get. You put it out there, it's going to come to you. That's been my experience. So not surprisingly, you know, three years into this experience, I really started to struggle and was finding myself like like a broken record, having the same kinds of conversations. And so once again, I started to think about the vision and what's my next step and where can I add the greatest value. And not surprisingly, like just at the beginning of that exploration, I got a call from the founder of HRD, you know, where we now get to lead and do work that we love so much. And he reached out and, hey, you know, we're, we're looking to step out of the business and we want someone to come in and continue to grow our, our profitable organization that has this legacy list of clients that we've worked with for many, many years. And what an incredible opportunity then to put all of the things that I'd done in my career together. You know, I, like you mentioned earlier, have such a heart for HR and L&D within the business, the value that those functions provide. And I'm in such an advocate there and had been doing that work internally had been doing that work as a consultant. So now to get to run a business, to get to lead a team of consultants doing that work, you know, that was that was something I'd never done before. But this theme of why not and why not step into the opportunity, it felt it felt scary in some ways because I'd never managed a PL. I'd never run a business. I'd never been responsible for a specific group of people and their livelihood in this way. But the vision and the work and my love for the work really drove that, like, of course, of course, I'll step into that opportunity. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it gave you exposure, experience, and a new set of skill and tactics that you hadn't experienced before. So from what I've heard from you so far, it was quite the fun ride. It has been. So so grateful for all of it. I know I keep using that word, but that's really how I feel. And that's my prayer every morning is just thank you for this opportunity because it's always something new. I'm always learning. Most days I really have no idea what I'm doing, but I show up with a lot of passion and a lot of enthusiasm and an, and an attitude of like, okay, I know, I know that God's never going to give me more than I can handle. So I just keep going. Well, and, and that's key to experiencing the the vision and bringing to life the ideas and truths that you see, you know, in your mind's eye, having them come to life. Part of that is feeling good and, and having fun. And, and you embody that completely as a leader, Andrea. <laughs> well, thank you. We do have a lot of fun, though. <laughs> But what do you what do you attribute that to? I mean, I, I always think it's because we're all so passionate about the work that we do. Like, what is it that you attribute that to? Yeah, I think too, it's a state of mind. So you and I could have fun in any situation. If it was pouring down rain and we were given a challenge <laughs> that maybe wasn't our forte and maybe we weren't doing the work that we're good at, we'd be like, okay, well, we're going to figure it out. So it really is a state of mind. What's empowering about that is we get to choose, don't we, every single time how we look at situations and how we talk about them. You know that I get accused a lot of being Pollyanna or too positive, but I'm always going to err on the side of positivity because why not? Like I get to choose what to make of it. I'm going to go positive with it. Completely. And I think it's the the staying in the now and thinking about what's real and in front of you is what keeps you in the same state. Whereas thinking about the future or what's possible and it really, it honestly shifts you into that. And why not think about what could happen in a good sense versus what could happen in a bad sense that creates anxiety and those situations really do come true. I mean, we've, we've proven that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like always, there's always possibilities, always, and always potential solutions. Yeah, it's, you know, you and I have talked about because of our natural positivity, particularly for me as a leader, being intentional about meeting people where they are. There have been so many times in my career where I've glossed over other people's struggle because I quickly jumped to solution or it's going to be okay. It always has a way of working out. But then sometimes I leave people feeling unheard or not validated. So that's, the weakness side of that strength that I just, I have to pay attention to as a leader. Well, and it's something that you are obviously aware of, which is half of the battle, right? Because most of who we are is not accessible to our conscious mind and create some blind spots sometimes. So I think it's a huge blessing when you find out something that is maybe not something you love about yourself, but something that you can definitely keep tabs on. So that when those situations pop up, you can lead in the moment. Well, Andrea, to kind of round out your pivotal moment and bring it home a little bit. So we, we left you in your security company leading. And at some point, you came back into consulting in a leadership capacity. And I just wanted to bring 
another aspect of you to life that anybody who's an avid listener of the podcast knows about, and it's your daily dose of leadership. And those have been such a a blessing and truly a, a daily dose of medicine for a lot of people trying to get their mindset in a positive place first thing in the morning or to start their day. So I I want to hear from your point of view, where you see that going or what that's doing from you, what you're learning there. Well, it's, it's very natural with the work that we're doing. So as you know, I've always put out positivity on social media, LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook primarily. And this is just a natural extension of that. And it's a way to structure it a bit more. We also, as you know, Jacqueline, we do a lot of leadership development. And so I'm working with leaders all over the world. And I love having the daily dose as a reminder to all of those people that we're working with and beyond of who they are. Like, because none of it is earth shattering at all. It's you know, if you if you listen to the intro to the Daily Doses way back in March when we kicked those off, you know, we say that these are things that remind you of who you are and what you're all about. And so it's not rocket science, but they're good reminders. You, you've talked about mindset. It's a great way to set the tone for your day, just to have a quick leadership reminder. They've been so therapeutic for me through this challenging time. I spend quite a few hours every week researching, writing, pulling together those messages, recording those messages. And every time before I record one, I say like, thank you. I'm just so grateful for this forum to be able to share those really. And um, it's been really interesting, the feedback that we've gotten. So those, those have really grown in popularity. And so there's definitely a relatability, but there's also this universal nature to those, which is really interesting. So I mentioned that we're doing work with leaders all over the world. Just this morning, I was on a session with a group of leaders from India. There were also leaders from Dublin and Australia on the call, in addition to leaders from the United States. And we were talking about a recent one because I highlighted one of the participants in the program. And it was just interesting to see the reaction of all of the participants. Like wherever you are in the world, you can relate to leadership challenge. It's not anything that's unique to any region or any person. So it's just a reminder that our humanity is showing and that we are all in this together at the end of the day. That is so key. And in leadership too, leadership looks, it's so personal. You you know, it's definitely a behavior, but it's so personal in the sense that you don't have to be leading one to two physical people in order to be a leader. You can lead your life by how you act and mindset is a huge part of that. So that is one reason why I'm so thankful for the daily doses and you're being modest. I I mean, the reaction has been overwhelming. So it it has resonated a huge amount. Thank you so much for those. Well, thank you. I mean, you could hear, you could hear I was getting emotional talking about them. (laughs) I know. I love it. Before we sign off, I do have one ask of you. Could you give us one piece of Andrea Butcher's solicited leadership advice? Oh my gosh. Be you. The greatest gift that any leader has is himself, herself. I do believe that it is our uniqueness. You know, it's our God-given strengths that makes each of us special. And so 
figuring out who that is. I mean, isn't that the work? Each of us just figuring out who we are when we're at our best and how do we be more of that? That would be my very off the cuff advice. Be you. I love that. It resonates completely. And with that, I don't think I can say more. So thank you again, Andrea, for letting me interview you on your show, Being at Work. Thank you, Jacqueline. You're a gem. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story.